Today's podcast is on narrative and warfare. First, there is the war narrative, sometimes also called the national security narrative. According to Michael Vlahos, and I quote, narrative is the foundation of all strategy upon which all else policy, words, and action is built. It is an organizing framework, a foundation of truths that seem to be self-evident to the audience. Oftentimes the audience is the state, is the nation, and or the government. Then once war is underway, or once a national security policy is underway, it becomes the rhetorical handbook for how that policy or how that war is to be argued and described. Next, and for the rest of this podcast, I want to discuss narratives to deter war. Sun Tzu, the best of all, he said, is to vanquish a foreign army without a fight. The idea is to focus on results, whatever the balance of psychological and physical strength. Focus on paralyzing an adversary, not necessarily on casualties inflicted or the effort put forth. Focus on paralyzing an adversary and not just on the tools of hard power that happen to be at your disposal. According to Cotillia, 4th century BCE, and I quote, The arrow shot by an archer may or may not kill a single man, but skillful intrigue devised by wise men can kill even those who are in the womb. Perhaps winning a war of ideas or winning the story can lead to a sort of checkmate. Winning a war of ideas or winning the, quote, story may be able to erase the idea of a war well before its inception. Liddell Hart echoes some of these sentiments, and I quote, he says, a strategist should think in, term of paraly- in terms of paralyzing, not killing. On the tactical level, a man killed is merely one less man, whereas a man unnerved is a highly infectious carrier of fear capable of spreading an epidemic of panic. The idea is tactical psychological effects may have strategic repercussions. On the operational level, he says, the impression made on the mind of the opposing commander can nullify the whole fighting power that his troops possess. And at the grand strategic level, perhaps as he says, psychological pressure on the government of a country may suffice to cancel all the resources at its command so that the sword drops from a paralyzed hand. So what exactly does this mean in warfare, in our study of war, our study of national security, and our study of strategy? This idea of victory before war is even an idea. One idea is the use of fear, something that Liddell Hart talks about. Under Genghis Khan, the Mongols unleashed terror as they rode. The idea is that they wanted city-states to surrender before they even arrived. He realized that messages and his strategy was most effective through the pens of his scribes and his scholars. He oversaw, commanded a virtual propaganda machine. He felt that paper was his most potent weapon. And he allowed an open communications environment, an open information environment, because he wanted the most ridiculous and extreme stories and exaggerations and fear to reach the city-states again before he arrived. And actually, if you were a young Mongol warrior, you had a choice. You could either be a cavalryman, a horseman, a warrior, which had important tactical effects, or you could be a messenger, part of this propaganda apparatus. 
in which case you could have potentially larger strategic effects, obviously built off the power and the speed and the deeds of what the Mongols actually did.